Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm Michael Curzon and I'm joined today by SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? I'm good, Michael. It's uh, Grey Skies today. Uh, Grey Skies also uh, metaphorically for the Prime Minister. Well, certainly for him, soon to be former Prime Minister. In fact, it struck me that uh, that, that was awful, by the way. You can tell the, the amateur nature of this podcast, the, the sort of links, but uh, somehow you, you, you carry on listening anyway. Um, it struck me that the first episode is a prime example of this. We always record before something happens, um, before a big story breaks, which would have been better to have talked about in this week, but we've, we've actually managed to record us in our right time, unless something massive happens this evening, which you know, I, think we're, I think we're about done for big announcements for the day. Um, and that is, of course, that the Prime Minister has announced he is stepping down, uh, unwillingly, of course. This was after uh, a large number of his cabinet ministers resigned, some of them who were the replacements of previous uh, pe uh, people who resigned. So we had a, an education secretary for 36 hours um, who, who put in a, her letter to announce her resignation this morning that she was delighted and honoured to have worked in the in the department, which I thought was quite funny. Um, for, for, for and after three all, days this, the, in the, the summer. Was, yes, well, it wasn't not in three days. I think it was even less than that, not even two days fully. Um, after all of this, the prime minister has sort of finally realised that he just can't stay in his position any longer, um, and so has announced he's leaving. So. As you can imagine, we're already, uh, well, not we, but uh, we nationwise, we media-wise, you could say, are sort of frothing at the mouth about the the now coming Tory leadership election, which I wonder if Boris will stand in again, by the way. I don't see that as being an impossibility, and he's sort of got the brass neck to do it. Um, and everybody's suggesting, well, finally he's gone, time for big change now. You have all the the sort of uh, GB news like uh, so-called conservative com commentators online highlighting the the most important aspects that the next conservative leader should adopt in order to you know properly regain conservatism to the conservative party um, which it, it strikes me as like going to McDonald's and asking for a Michelin star star sort of foie gras uh, dinner it's just not going to happen it's, it's not what you get with this thing it's, it, people don't say it with the Labour Party. They say, well, the Labour Party's so left-wing that there's no hope about it offering any sort of patriotic, social conservative uh, policy basis. So why don't they think the same of the Conservative Party when it's demonstrated time and time again, not just under Boris Johnson, but under the two leaders before him over the past decade and in the decades preceding that too, that it just is not interested in conservatism. And uh, the, the line actually, Luke Perry is missing today, but He'll be here in spirit because the line he devised with this uh, that we'll, we'll likely go with as our next cover, actually, is that with Boris gone, um, we've we've got the same circus, but just a different clown. Same circus, new clown. And we'll see who the next clown will be. I mean, the, the PM said, said he'll, he'll stay in until um, a new leader is chosen, um, which which the uh, title will be, will be announced uh, next week. Um and I just I can't think of anyone who I I, I would like to be prime minister next. You, know, you got you got um, the names that I've seen so far are people like uh, Richard Sunak, Penny Mordaunt, uh, Javid Truss, Jeremy Hunt, uh, Suella Braveman, which is a funny one because um, not the not 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 the most high profile name in Westminster. 
no. Um, some some are suggesting that she'd be sort of more along the right track because she was more uh, pro Brexit, but I I just don't see I don't see why this matters anymore. To be honest, I think people are getting far too excited by it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been I've been sort of rubbing my hands today and last night. It was very exciting to see. Boris Johnson collapse in the way that he has. Although disappointing, I suppose, that let's be honest, once he's gone, we'll have forgotten about it. Mm. Surely something, he'll have no retribution for the fact that he locked down the country, destroyed the economy, destroyed literally many, many businesses, ruined the educational opportunities of, of hundreds of thousands of children in the country. Nothing is going to happen about that. We're just going to brush over it. And of course, he he loves talking about the fact that he took us out of lockdown quicker than anybody else, uh, which is like someone who who's made you endure torture for for 10 hours, then taking you out and saying, well, I could have done it for 11. So mm. count your blessings. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it, it does frustrate me that there's going to be nothing um, in the way of any form of, of punishment, actually, for all this. Um, and of course, the problem is, as we're seeing already, the, the coming of a new leader of the party will bring in the false impression that all of a sudden the party is different, which is nonsense. The party is no more different now with, with Boris Johnson at the helm as it was two leaders ago with David Cameron. In terms of immigration, we're the same. Even in terms of Brexit, I mean, at least David Cameron admitted that he wanted to remain and that he was opposed to Brexit. Boris Johnson sort of says the opposite of that. But when it comes to all of the ideas that are linked to Brexit, immigration again, but also a production of things. The whole point was supposed to be that we wanted to be proud of Britain again, that we wanted to do things by ourselves, we wanted to make things, but their version of it is a global Britain, which is more open to the world, which trades with wider partners and indeed um, trades, uh, sorry, in terms of immigration, since that, that was essentially what Brexit was a byword for. Uh, that immigration isn't limited to the European Union anymore, that we have it from further countries across the world, which are arguably culturally more diverse. Um, so he's learned none of the lessons of this, and neither will the next leader. They, were, they will have rubber-stamped all of Boris Johnson's sort of ideals. Um, they're as, as culpable for all of the wrongdoing that, that Johnson has committed to us. But that that'll just that'll be the previous chapter. We'll have forgotten about it, mm. as we always do. Um, well, so it, it, it's what we've all... got mixed mixture of yes. It, it, it's what we've always said on the show, which is that the, the 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 party's name is just a moniker, and it is just the 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 continuity party. You know, its its mission is not any sort of you know ideological aim. It's it's um it, it's its own press. Uh, preservation but th this has been quite interesting because it, it shows just how quickly things can change in politics where you know several weeks ago the prime minister survived a confidence vote you know fa fairly comfortably um and then now he's had what 50 resignations in his party yeah i think there's been a few records broken i should imagine over the past couple of days yeah um, i've never seen the shortest it. amount of time in cabinet position most resignation <laughs> Yeah, I've never, never seen anything like this before. I've never seen just the sheer amount of resignations. And, and the reasons given for them aren't particularly clear because, as as we were saying, you know, um, it, like, uh, morally and politically, they're all virtually identical to Johnson as they are to Cameron.
well, why, why do you think there's been so many resignations? Because somebody else resigned first. That's what the letters should have said. I'm mm. resigning. Why? Because everybody else is doing it and I've got to jump ships quick so that afterwards I can say, well, you'll remember that I actually opposed Boris Johnson's administration uh, in the last 10 seconds of it existing. Mm. It, well, I mean, it's all for personal political reasons. In a way, the PM kind of called that because he, he referred to the, the herd instinct in Westminster. Yes, well, that's true. Of which he is a part. He was, he's sort of the, in fact, the, the textbook definition of this uh, with his, his backing of the Leave campaign, not because he believed in anything, but because he thought it would help him. Just by the way, just quickly, actually, I've noticed, um, I've been getting a few notifications on my phone recently uh, of new followers on Twitter. Here's two of the most recent ones. Back Braverman. Uh, so this is the campaign to elect Suella Braverman as Conservative Party leader. Craving the Crab. Which is this a joke one? I would imagine so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Craving the crab. Shame about Pincher would have made a great addition to the cabinet. So that's very good. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> other than that joke one, the uh, the the campaign well underway to to, and I'm sure they will have been prepared long before, other than the ones made by some sad individuals in the box of pants but yeah people would have been preparing this for a long time um and that's the only reason they resigned um because they thought well everybody else is doing it it's obvious now that boris is going to fall so i might as well put my resignation in now to make me look better and to make me not look so smeared if i do run in a in an election campaign so yeah there's there's no there's nothing there's no principle in any of this mm-hmm. which of course there never is and we'll, and this is the biggest problem with the whole thing. We'll move on so quickly to the next leader. We'll presume it's completely different, um, but of course it won't be. Uh, and we'll only realise that largely on a, a sort of on a national scale in the last few moments of their reign. At which point we'll say, "Oh, they were the same as all the rest. We need someone fresh." Just endless cycles, and it's so frustrating. And, yeah. and not not of course to say that Labour offers an, an alternative. Um, this is the one good thing. The one element of hope I have about this uh, politically is that it might lead to a, a, a slight increase in the number of people who simply don't vote for the main two parties anymore. Because surely, surely the, 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 uh, the, the sort of shambolic nature of the last uh, 48 uh, hours or three days or even week um, will make people say, God, I can't vote for this party anymore. These people clearly aren't principled. They're they're all acting out of political whim just to save their own skin. I can't vote for uh, vote for this anymore. And of course, those people who say that will look to the opposition bench and think, "Crikey, well, I'm also not voting for that. It's absolute shambles." Um, I mean, so that's that's the only good thing we can expect. You'd hope so because the last five years haven't done that. The last ten years haven't done that. Twenties have done that. I mean, you know, British politics has been pretty shambolic for a very long time. Um, yeah. What. Well, I think what we've seen since the sort of Blair years is that a lot of old Labour voters stopped voting for Labour. They started voting for the Tories when they said they'd bring immigration down to the sort of tens of thousands or something like that. Uh, and then, of course, Brexit happened, which was a, a non-partisan vote and saw um, one of the biggest turnouts we had in a long time, people going against the, the establishment narrative against both parties. Um, and then believing that Boris, given he was the, the Brexit man, that he would actually carry out some of these things course he hasn't so again you'd hope that that would mean those people having realized they've been let down by by both tories and labels stop voting for them 
the only reason that matters is that it brings slightly forward the the, the day in which both parties are destroyed because mm. the backers at some point must start seeing a decreasing and decreasing numbers of, of supporters and think, crikey, I, mm. I'm wasting my money on this. If they're not getting into government soon, if Labour doesn't get into government soon, how much longer will the backers say, yeah, I'm going to put my millions into this? There's no reason to otherwise. Mm. But that's that's the only possible thing. It might not happen in our lifetime. It probably won't. But it's it's unrealistic to imagine, as I think some people do, that the parties will exist forever. They will at one point be uh, destroyed. And well, this mean, may have brought that closer ever so slightly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be a good thing. The, the the Liberal Party dominated British politics for for a, for a very long time, and then it it, it died away because you know um, the the political landscape sort of evolved beyond it. Yeah. You know, and and one thing one thing also to, to to sort of think about is the idea that you know we, we there may be another general election soon because one thing that often happens is um sort of an unspoken rule in our politics is is that if you are elected by a party vote as as opposed to a national vote it's sort of seen as being fair play to call an election because yeah. otherwise there are questions around legitimacy yeah yeah and yeah of course um which which again is just another distraction because nothing whatever the result at the end of it nothing will change hmm. it's just distraction after distraction from from the real issues um i, I mean it it's perfect for the parties because it allows them to talk it allows them to spout out their rhetoric hmm. um well, to, also to the, certain people also the, the the key thing at play here is that the the election uh in its current form exists almost solely to placate a sort of revolutionary sentiment among the people because you know once you look beyond the whole you know all the nonsense around politics today around you know issues of identity and he said this she said that whatever you you do realize that essentially politics in the modern day is just a uni party with two different two different uh, factions right who sort of exchange being the inner party and the outer party as and when as needed so mm -hmm. if you if you look beyond politics and really look around you see that you know these people are sort of generally speaking more united in the contempt that they feel towards the regular british person that's why they you know flood the country with hostile immigrants why they enact green policies that make us all poorer and you know, and um, it's why they they lock locks in our homes and close schools and close pubs and you know, all all this you know, really terrible things that, that they they've done. Yet when for most people, if you can go into a room, go into a go into a booth and put an X in a ballot box, it placates that anger you feel towards the political class. You think that by voting in the election that you are you know sticking it to them or also having your say when really you don't you know you're just voting for which flavor of the the uni party is going to you know be in power for a set amount of time and then, and then be changed out again so you know it, if there was an election you know it'd be sure it'd be, it'd be fun to stay up till three in the morning and watch, and watch the, the, the results come in and sort of see which direction the uni, the uni party is going in but ultimately it's just a it's a tool the same the same with you know the bread and circuses is it's a tool to to nullify the desire that people feel to actually make a difference yeah in an alternative universe um if 
for example, were to replay the past few years uh, and, and set our, our real universe aside an alternative one. The Conservative Party wins in ours, but in the other, the Labour Party wins and the Conservatives are in opposition. The Conservatives would have acted exactly the same as Labour has throughout. It would have been just as full lockdowns as Labour was. And, well, in fact, its, it's opposition would have been, you've not locked down soon enough, you've killed lots of people, we would have killed fewer people um, if, if we were in charge. Its reaction to the Ukraine war would have been the same. It would have been backing the, the government's position on it, uh, probably saying you should be sending more support. Um, and by the way, hearing the Prime Minister talking in Parliament while he's trying to defend himself at PMQs on Wednesday, uh, and, and every every time Simon said, well, you know, why, why should we have you here anymore? His response, within two seconds, he'd be talking about Ukraine. Um, well, look at what we're doing for Ukraine, and the Ukrainian people think this and that. And you think, well, that's all very well and good, but we're not in Ukraine. Um, what are you doing for me? What are you doing for my community, my family? Nothing, of course, is the answer. Um, but it would also be the case if Labour were in control and the Conservatives would be saying the exact same thing. Um, and people, I think people know this, but as soon as it comes to an election, for whatever reason, they forget about it mm. or they, they let it slip for a moment. They say, well, yeah, I know what you mean. They're, they are just as bad, but you don't want a Labour government, do you? Socialism, we can't have that. And you think, oh, for goodness sake. Just go with your instinct for once. It's, we, we were talking actually a lot about the instinctual um, uh, point of, of, of politics, say on abortion, where it's, it's instinct that, you know, that thing that's in the tummy, if you see a woman getting kicked, uh, then you'll, you'll find it upsetting. But if you know that she's got a child in there, <laughs> you'll find it all the more upsetting. You'll find it grotesque. There's a reason for that. There's an instinctual reason for that. It's because you know inside that it's a human being. Um, and so that it's wrong. It's the same in this case. I think we, we try and overthink, or people, the public, overthinks these points. They think for five years when a party is governing that the opposition is, is useless, that it's pretty much the same, uh, and that the government is pretty crap as well. They're all, they're all the same brand. But as soon as election comes about, they ignore that instinct and say, well, actually, I don't know, maybe... Maybe this lot will be worse. That's what I'm hearing. That's what the paper's telling me anyway. The TV's telling me, so it must be true. I'll, uh, I'll have to vote for this party because of that. It's, it's so long as that, um, that continues, and so long as the tribal politics, of course, which is probably the worst aspect of all of this, continues, there won't be any change uh, with the party systems. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day who leads the parties. Uh, the parties as a whole are rotten. Mm. Um, we don't get to choose who sits in Parliament. The, the, the parties choose who are selected as candidates at elections, which is why we have such a useless bunch. Can you imagine if we, if it were down to the, the, the public to select who could stand in as MPs? There's no way they would elect these mm. um, these people. Yeah, you, you'd get you get Barry from down the pub before you got you know Penny Mordaunt. Yeah, of course you would. Um, well, I mean, also, that's the thing is that, you know, again, going back to the whole point of, you know, the fact that there is this completely detached elite class in Western societies who just hold the, the sort of the, 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 the plebeian in, in such contempt. I mean, we have this delusion that, you know, that we, we have some sort of separation or we have some sort of, you know, 
checks and balances where the press keep politics to account and you know all, all that nonsense it's just it's so easily unpicked because you think you know they, they all come from the same universities they all live in the same part of london they all drink in the same bars you know they're, they're friends you know i mean look, look at the sort of the intertwining they together. they're not friends they're, they're sleeping in each beds yeah, I mean, look, look, I mean, look at this, all the intertwinings of, of Westminster where you have, say, say, for instance, you know, um, Johnson and Carrie Simmons and Harry Cole, right, who, uh, you know, formed had formed a sort of love triangle you have. You know, you have a, a sort of an NGO activist, a daughter of a paper magnate, a Fleet Street journalist and the Prime Minister. Or, I mean, at the time, not the Prime Minister, but you, you know what I mean? I mean, it's... it's it's this completely incestuous blob. Of... And you notice almost all the time, almost all the time you notice that... Sorry, the connection's gone a bit there. Yeah. Somewhere else we'll have to cut this bit out. Sorry, you've got to do a bit of editing on this. Yeah, that's right there. Um, you, you... I'll start again. I'll do that so you know. And you find over and over again that these people um, don't change their surnames when they marry uh, or, or form bonds. And I'm sure part of that is because they're raging liberals. Um, but another part, I'm almost certain, is that they don't want these bonds to be as clear. Um, they don't want people to know that actually uh, they're, they're married to um, this high high uh, high rank journalists or or that high rank cabinet member it's not really the mm. a, a very appropriate thing but you say it over and over again you type you think of some random politicians some random cabinet ministers some random journalists you type in their husband or their wife and you'll be surprised by how often you find it's someone who's in a in quite a senior position uh in uh, either media or in government mm. uh, but that yeah. their names won't be linked mm. sure there's a reason for that yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, it, it, it's it's an adversarial ruling class who sort of see nothing wrong with what with what they're doing. No, no, no. I I must say, I thought I'd be much more enthusiastic about talking about this today, but I, for some reason, I think I'm I, as I say, I'm I'm pleased to see that he's going, just because it's quite it's quite exciting. <laughs> it is but also in a way I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it because on one hand you know i think the man is very quite possibly guilty of high treason against the british people and should probably be in prison but on the other hand um you know we were saying this the last time he was in trouble which was the devil you know well this is true yeah this is true but we know it's of all of them we know we know who backed all these things uh, but I suppose the problem is that most other people forget about it or just don't care, especially on lockdown. No one cares that the Boris backed lockdown, do they? It's almost a non-issue. Um, yeah. Because he took us out of it so quickly. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, so, he only talked to us for 10 hours. Exactly. Um, which I think we'll, we'll leave it on that note, shall we? That he wasn't allowed the 11th hour. It is a, it is a tricky one. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we, we go back to the original theme. Nothing is actually changing here. Um, there's, a, there's a rearranging of the furniture. That's mm. pretty much it. It's almost like what Farage said, actually, about the, the European Union, the Commission. 
He said that when Juncker has gone, they'll just get out uh, another sort of man in a grey suit. They've got wardrobes for these people. They just pull them out one after the other. And they're all the same. They have the same opinions. They'll support anything in order to uh, sound appealing to the public, but actually do very little, if anything, about any of it. Um, while all the while bickering with the opposition to make it look like they hate each other, like they're incredibly different, um, but uh, sort of behind closed doors, probably being much more amicable. Um, mm. So, yes, interesting times. Good for a good laugh. At least you can watch the TV and laugh about it. Particularly enjoyed listening to the radio earlier. Uh, might have even been yesterday, actually. A minister was, was being interviewed. And uh, during the process of the interview, two other people resigned. So hearing their reactions sort of live to that as they sounded more and more downbeat was brilliant. That was good. Uh, enjoy it, but don't believe that anything is changing. It's not. It's all the same. On that pleasant note... Have a good weekend. Cheers for listening.